Ah, oh, my right. eyeball. What's wrong with your eyeball? Oh, it's Ready itchy. Keepers. It's itchy, Joseph Blanchett. My eyeball uh, is well, itchy, Joseph Blanchett. Why? Why is your eyeball itchy here on the Literary Frogcast? Because I put I, I opened up a bottle of super glue and it made my fingers all crusty, and then I accidentally touched my eye and then it irritated my eye. So now I'm in this Ouroboros where I am itching my eye and causing my eye to become more itchy because my life is hell. Your nose ah! dry and you got super glue. <laughs> crust in there you, you, you wash it out like this is you wash it uh, kinda i mean I, I i used a tap but i'm i'm an idiot <laughs> uh, well uh, that's that's one hell of an opening to a show isn't it <laughs> can you guess what we're going to talk about today based on that opening oh uh, uh, well, like about when it's usually just me and you on podcasts they always have these weird openings like this <laughs> It's like when, just... when it's more than two people, I'm always like all professional about okay, let's uh, talk about let's get started. I'll do the professional thing. But when it's just me and you, it's like, so what? <laughs> how's your eyeball doing? <laughs> you know what it is. You know what it is. Is and this is something that all my friends keep saying too, is that I'm the kind of personality that people can cut loose around because I don't judge anybody and I don't have expectations of people. So like usually, you know, when it's me around people tend to relax more because it's you know i'm fun on a bun so but uh today i believe you bamboozled me into when you're not like when you're uh, not like dead tired oh yeah you're just kind of like it's like oh, yeah, yeah uh, i guess i guess uh black widow is pretty good <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I bamboozled you <laughs> yeah bam- i bamboozled, bamboozled you into a podcast <laughs> you're like hey you want to talk on Discord? I'm like, yeah, sure. Then and then the recording tool shows up, and I'm like, you, you've done it again. <laughs> oh no, we planned this. We planned this for a whole 24 hours. What are you talking about? <laughs> We're here to talk about the Suicide Squad. The, the Suicide newest, Squad. Uh, DC, yep, the newest DC uh, movie to come out. Because um, I saw it. Uh, Randy saw it. Uh, Dustin hasn't seen it yet, but uh, I think we just have a one on one about it. I saw it twice, Joey. Saw it twice. I saw was it on twice. HBO. Yeah, so I saw it the first time. I saw it. I saw it in an IMAX theater, and it was basically oh, empty. Okay. Um, and it was a big screen, a big beautiful screen, and there was a lot of a lot of good times there. And then uh, the second time, um, my friend and a bunch of her friends were like, "Hey, do you want to come over and eat some pizza and hang out with us?" And I'm like. Sure, friend. And I came over and I was like, oh, hey, I've got HBO Max. You guys want to watch The Suicide Squad? And they're like, yeah, we would like to watch that. And I'm like, yeah, it's basically Mortal Kombat meets Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're like, that sounds incredible. So we went. (laughs) So the plan for me was to see it at a movie theater. um, But plans didn't really work out. Um, Even if they did uh, a Dustin was a little bit hesitant about going to a movie theater, which is mm. understandable yeah. with the yeah. with the uh, coronavirus kind of making a little resurgence. Um, he's he's showing up but, again, uh, he's being like, "Oh, hey, I've got a Delta variant." Yeah, if you're interested, <laughs> I got a limited collector's edition of this. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> personally though, I, I wouldn't have had any problem. Like, usually our theater isn't super crowded. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're we're all vaccinated, yeah, and like all that stuff. But you know, I go to the movies if you're comfortable, mm-hmm. and uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, and that seems to be the official instruction too. Um, from what I was told before the movie came out, and uh, what I was reading in uh, in other reviews and stuff like that, um, they did they did recommend seeing it on the biggest screen you possibly could. And some bits, some of it, some of it is really great with the big screen up. Like the, that whole opening scene is absolutely fantastic. It's a, it's a visual feast of unfortunate in- events. And then the, yeah, end, the beginning and ending of this movie, I think would have worked really well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's I like, it's especially like, on IMAX. Oh yeah. It's like how I, how I uh, regretted missing out on uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Oh yeah, in like any sort of theater, because like that would have been like perfect for that, you know. 
dude, for real. I I kick myself for the same thing, for the exact same thing. So if they ever like re-release that in the theaters, and it's like practical to go, then like I might just you know do that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I did I did get to see it on the on big screens, and then in the and then I got to see it on a smaller screen in a very cold apartment with a bunch of people laughing around me because. You know, I, I feel like having an audience with you to laugh at all the funny moments really does help the the experience too for me, or at least it did for it really me. Really does, uh, you know. Yeah. I um, because like I, I laughed out loud. It is a, it's a very funny movie, but I only laughed out loud like once during it. But I feel like if I was in a theater, it would have been contagious. You know? Oh yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. would have like chuckled at like. Like at the very beginning when uh, Nathan Fillion's hands disconnected, yeah. you know, I probably would have laughed along with that. But when I was watching at home, I was like, "Well, that's just hilarious." Well, in reality, I was like just lying down on my couch, like just staring at at the screen, you know, trying to be comfortable. You're you just had a sensible chuckle inside, whereas the yeah. experience I had when he when when he was like pop pop and, and like in my in my movie theater there were there were a bunch of sensible chuckles and uh and then uh and then when he starts slapping it's... the soldiers when he's slapping the soldiers there was a little more of a response to it that was uh, <laughs> that was that was funny. Well, it's like my like one of my best movie theater experiences was Avengers like the first Avengers movie where I started in a big, big theater. Actually, it wasn't a huge theater, but it was full, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone was just clapping and laughing and got standing ovation at the end, you know? And, like, oh, and, yeah. uh, when I saw the newest um, John Wick mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago, like, the audience was just into it. Like, every time something gross happened, there would just be, like, oohs and ahs and, mm-hmm. and all oh, that. Um, Especially with, like, Endgame. Um, I was in a big, I was in a big packed theater for Endgame, and when, uh, when when Cap called Mjolnir to his hand, that that caused everyone to lose oh, their yeah. minds, and like having that yeah, theater that's... experience definitely hyped me up quite a bit yeah. more. I, yeah, you know, so when we start Endgame, we start like at a really early showing, like like eight o'clock in the morning or something, um, just because he's just. Want to like beat the crowds later on, and there was and, and there was only like ten people in the theater, um, and it was very so it was a very quiet experience, even though there was some laughing and clap and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it definitely changes the vibe when you watch a movie like that. Oh yeah, for uh, sure, for sure. Which is why you know people miss the theater for the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Why, sure. um, even though we didn't, even though we saw like Black Widow. Um, it wasn't a packed theater, but it was nice to hear the laughs and, and all that stuff. Like, I'm sure if it was in, the, in the, the right mood, in, like, the right type of theater for Black Widow, whenever that Marvel logo appeared, I bet some audiences just clapped, you know, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> clapped and cheered just to be back in the movie theater again. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. But anyway, we're talking about The Suicide Squad. Yes, we are. And that is what we're talking about. And so, and, um, uh, Yeah. And this is the end result of um, some right-wing trolls digging up some, admittedly, pretty, um, pretty distasteful pretty tweets. Yeah, yeah, made by James Gunn. James Gunn. Yeah, um, about some like not funny situations. Yeah, yeah. Um, them digging up years after the fact, after he's he apologized and regretted making them, mm-hmm. and then the. Uh, Who's who's ever in charge of Marvel movies at the time making a rash decision, a decision of like firing them on the spot? Yep. While like uh, Kevin Feige was on vacation, like supposedly, uh-huh. and then uh, being fired from Guardians Three, um, and while he was eventually rehired, kind of quietly behind the scenes, um, yeah, he took a he took a job at DC, uh, writing and directing the. Uh, the Suicide sequel because there already was a Suicide Squad movie. Uh, yeah. Which um, I do not regard very well. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, uh, most people, like, 
there were situations like like I found myself like initially liking it like in the moment, but then like as retrospect started to to sink in, and I really you know I'd seen it a couple more times after the fact, and and I kind of like I came around <laughs> to to it. Uh, yeah, I remember walking out saying, "Oh, that was pretty decent. That was pretty uh, fun. That was entertaining." I, I could say I was entertained throughout. But then, like in in retrospect and looking back and everything like that, I'm like, I'm realizing, oh my god, that movie actually kind of was a dumpster fire. I there's a bunch of stuff I didn't notice like straight away. Like, why did they assemble the the squad in the first place and bring uh, an accomplice to the main threat to the place where the main threat was? Real, not realizing that, that there would be betrayal, and then like, when did they have time to? build the squad do they just need to have it on standby well yeah it was like okay we need to make we need to make a suicide squad okay we'll do that here's some members okay five minutes later mm-hmm. well we need the suicide squad okay let's go oh one of the one of one of the suicide squad betrayed us yeah like, oops and that's what i you know and it's, it, just... it's one thing that didn't work in the first in the first movie that well is uh it didn't utilize the characters very no. well. Like they just kind of got a bunch of people they thought would be cool, had them fight some Jello creatures, and like, why was Killer Croc there? Like, I guess he maybe hit a few things, and then he mm-hmm. what? He uh, placed a bomb underwater at one point. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um. Oh, the one interesting. And, and it's, I don't blame the director in this, in that one, because David Ader had set, not David Ader, this, this is his name, right? Dave, David Ader. Not, David, David Ayer. Ayer, it's not the uh, Salt Snake guy. Um, yeah, that's yeah he said, Ayer. like, Hater, yes. Um, he was saying that that movie was, like, butchered from his original vision, basically. Like, it usually, it originally did not have, like, all, like, the, uh, the pop songs and the vibrant colors and the trailer and all that stuff. And he, it's kind of like, um, uh, a justice league. It was kind of taken away from the director at, at one point. Um, and actually he actually, there's actually some concept art that originally shows like, um, Steppenwolf was going to be the bad guy. Originally it was going to tie into like, um, like the Batman versus Superman and justice league thing with like seven wolf but um they they decided to change it at some point so all those like little monster guys are gonna be a, a pair of demons at some point but uh that, that's beside the point um yeah. james gunn i i mean he he made those guardian movies he knows how to make uh ensemble pieces mm-hmm. um, yeah and more than that, he's good at making characters you've never heard of be cool. Like he, like I'm, I'm really happy for what he did with Guardians because I, uh, uh, largely because I, uh, I'm just a huge fan of, uh, of the space stuff for uh, Marvel. That I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I was hoping he'd do a good job, and he did, and that, that's what sold me on James Gunn. So, when I heard that James Gunn was doing a Suicide Squad, I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna get ready to see a lot of people care about uh, whatever characters they put in that, like they care about Groot, you know. <laughs> so, I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. that, you know. Like when they announced like the cast, and it was like. 20 people long, I knew that, oh, this, a lot of these people are probably going to be, like, cameos, basically, they're going to die. Yeah. But yeah. I meant, at the beginning of the movie, when they had um, Harley and Captain Boomerang with this new group of people, <coughs> I was like, oh, maybe these guys are going to stick around for a little bit. Let's see how they make me care about, like, all these random people I've never, literally never heard of, you know? Yep. How do they make me care like, about these people? These are like, you know, I've heard of Polka Dot Man and Condiment King, 
just because they're kind of jokes in Batman, but I've never heard of Savant or whoever that guy with the like the spear was and all that. The javelin, weasel. yeah. Javelin yeah. or weasel or for a lot of people, blood sport, peacemaker, like these yeah, are them. these are these are all F list characters, dude. They're all characters that are virtually unknown. Um I think the most well known characters are King Shark and Harley Quinn and maybe Captain Boomerang. You know, those are the those are the best. Pokemon Man names. just for the Pokemon yeah, Man just for the because like it's kind of like a joke, you know. It's like there's a there's a Pokemon Man. Yeah. And they're so funny about it. You know? Mm-hmm. And they all just get killed off in the first scene, including uh, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, which yeah, um, we... which was you know not a horrible part of that first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't a horrible part of it. He was pretty good. Yeah, and, but, uh, I thought maybe he would show up in like a Flash movie or or something, but nope, he got a uh, he got helicoptered in the face. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and uh, and the whole thing, the whole thing, um, that whole first scene, I really liked because. Like, the original Suicide Squad, one dude's head blew up. That's it. You know, and this Suicide Squad, yeah, one day dude's head blows up. But it's in a totally different response, you know? It's a completely different context. It's a completely different situation. The, you know, the, that first group, the, the diversionary group, um, you know, they, you know they, they probably weren't supposed to die. Like, they weren't... It's just that they weren't following orders, and there was a big stupid mess happening. That was... That's what happened, you know. If you if you pay attention to what was going on, um, yeah. well, they are they are all expendable. But you're right; like I don't think yeah. they were supposed to like go in there and create that big of a diversion. Yeah, you know? yeah. The, the the best diversion where they all died because that, because that one I don't know, I don't know is the actor's name or the character's name, but the guy who basically uh, double crossed them. He's yeah, a well known actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like yeah. a well-known guy, isn't he? Like Mr. Robot or something like that. Uh, no, like no, no, no. He, he, well, he, he, he's he was from SNL. Um, Pete okay. Davidson, I think his name is. I don't remember exactly. I'm sorry, I don't know people's names, but I know who you're talking about. I thought I heard his name. In, yeah, I thought I heard his name in connection to Mr. Robot, but um, but yeah, he's like, oh, I recognized him. So I go, like, oh, I didn't even know he was in this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, he's not in it for, he's not in it for long. <laughs> No, he's not. I like the, the beginning where he's like standing next to that guard and he's like acting like he's going to go go grab his gun and he's, oh, oh, oh you know, messing with him and just being a stupid dickhead. Oh, th- oh, okay, this reminds me of Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. When um, they were, uh, even like the uh, movie trailers were hyping this up, they were making uh, X-Force. Um, like it was you know, a big part of it. Yeah, big yeah. part of the movie. And like they all die while like parachuting out of the uh like, out of the plane in their mission. <laughs> and they got like all these big names um <laughs> to be like parts of the team. Yeah, even Brad Pitt. Even Brad Pitt was in yeah, Brad Pitt for a split second. Um and it was like a kind of a big part of the marketing, you know, this is gonna be uh Yeah, we're gonna what see was it, uh, of X Force. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna see see Shatterstar, Bedlam. Uh, I forget the the uh, invisible guy's name. Uh, Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's Bill Skarsgård too. Like, uh, oh, yeah. anyway, Again, anyway, have a big name. Um, yeah, I know. There's all these all these names, man. You just get a bunch of big name actors and actors and kill them off horribly on screen. Which now that I remember that gag, I don't know if I'm quite as, as impressed with the, the Suicide Squad opening. <laughs> but oh. still pretty funny. Yeah, pretty funny. like um, because when you come to think of it, like nearly all the marketing has been around uh, like the other team, um, so it's not hard to hard to tell what's going on. So we got uh, Bloodsport, who's Intersalva, who's awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, he, Peacemaker. Uh, he did uh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport was fantastic, like capital F fantastic. Um, I loved him. He was a plus, great character. Um, this is gonna come as a total shock to you. I do not know really what he's like in the comics. I don't know. I don't know him uh, very well at all. Um, 
Idris Elba's character, uh, Bloodsport, uh, he was great fun. I love that he he played the straight man to a lot of crazy situations, but he you know did a good job at keeping his head on his shoulders, and he was really good at being <laughs> being really cool. Um, and and then, it was, this is fun how like in the first movie you had a um, Deadshot, whoever Will Smith's character yep, was. Yep, Deadshot. Um, he, it's this means he fired a gun really well, but like Bloodsport had like every single gun in little transformer modules on his yep, <laughs> on his on uniform. His so he's always he's always like pulling stuff out and making bigger and bigger guns for any situation. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah, and that's always that's always really just the most rad stuff when that happens. Um when you get to have those crazy situations. Um where you have like a character who's pretty newish, but or like or just being newly introduced, um, but uh, anyway, and then um, I guess we can go on to uh, Peacemaker, <laughs> John Cena. John Cena. I love I love the jokes between John Cena and Bloodsport. Like they're some of the best, um, especially their that scene where they're uh, going through the camp. And uh, trying to one up each other, I the whole time I was watching my that scene, it reminded <laughs> me of how me and my little brother are, or you know, my brother and I, we how we behave towards each other when we're playing like a third person shooter that's a co op game, and we're like trying to compete against each other, like especially the bit where <laughs> blood support flips them off. And then he mm-hmm. does the jack-off motion. <laughs> just, it killed me. That whole bit killed me. Oh, man. Um, yeah, but anyway. What did you think about John Cena? Yeah, yeah that seems just pretty funny when they're just, like, finding all the coolest ways to kill people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> with that one point where Peacemaker just walked by that sleeping guy with the axe and just... As he's walking <laughs> by, he's chopping, yeah. chopping, chopping. Um, yeah. Like, James Gunn knows how to use violence. Like, I feel like a lot of directors would just do it to be for the sake of being gory. And he does do that sometimes, but it's like he knew how to, how for, the, for that scene to be like violent and funny at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, of course, it turns out that that was a uh, that was the good guys camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, uh, man, that is it is so good. Like, it is they did such a good job at like establishing that the these characters are like morally, uh, morally bankrupt people. Um, you know, mostly just doing what they're told, but they're morally bankrupt people. Who, uh, you know, don't, you know, it doesn't bother them to, they don't have any scruples about killing somebody. And so, like, um, especially that's like Peacemaker's whole thing. Like, if it has to do with the safety of America, he'll eat um, eat a beach full of dicks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he had to eat, if this whole, if this whole beach was full of dicks and I had to eat every last one in the name of liberty, I'd say no problemo. Oh, um, a lot. Some you know of the best. Uh, what's that? Oh, um, god. Oh, I was gonna say he he had some of the best lines like in that too. Like he had some of the best quotes. Like like when uh, King Shark is trying to hand him the the uh, the uh, little uh, molded thing of him. Um, and he's like peacemaker, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't look anything like me. <laughs> you know how um how to do like a peacemaker TV show for HBO Max. Yep, yep. Like I wonder at what point they realized, oh, uh, this is like a great character. We should do a TV show. About yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, what, uh, one person. Mm-hmm. One person that came back was uh. Rick Flag, yep. um, Joel Kinnaman, which he wasn't really a good part of that first movie. Like the actor's mm-hmm. fine, but he kind of had a 
kind of nothing role in that first movie, but in this one, I actually really liked him. Yeah, yeah, he was great. You know, it's 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 interesting what a world of difference a, a different director and a different script do, you know will do. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's all you know part of a good time, and so it's just it, like this is what happens when you let the creatives do the creative things, you know. And like that's that's the other thing that I'm I'm getting tired of as far as like um, how. Uh, you know these these big companies when they want to make movies, they um, you know they they neglect all the creatives who made it popular in the first place, only to you know uh, be like sit down and wonder why did the movie fail? Because you made a bad movie, idiot! Like you didn't let you didn't let the uh, the creator do what they do. They didn't you didn't let the creator create. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think sometimes, like, with uh, a Zack Snyder, um, even though I do think the Snyder Cut was better than um, the one that got released, uh, sometimes it kind of turns, like, maybe what they're doing isn't the best for the characters. Uh, but sometimes, in, in like, in terms of this, like, James Gunn knew how to use them. Um where like yeah you you care about a guy named Polka Dot Man because he gives some heart to it he gives some some reason for like why these guys are the way they are um he does it like with minimal dialogue too like he you kind of get Polka Dot's deal um where he goes like I just wish I wish this mission would kill us and he turned out his life is just miserable. Because every day he has to pick up these like interdimensional polka dot spores. Yeah. 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 Whenever he kills someone, he sees he sees his mother, (laughs) and it makes it easier for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's dark, but it's relatable. Yeah, it is. It is dark and relatable. And you know, I really like I really liked him in this movie too. Um, I I don't. I'm I'm saying I feel stupid for not knowing this actor's name, but. he shows up all the time, and uh, yeah, he's actually in the Ant Man movies too. He's, he's the yeah. guy who's uh, he's like the Russian guy. Yep. And um, and it's really funny, like just him just being him, like where he's just kind of awkward and you know funny, <laughs> and like uh, I like I like the bit where um the uh Milton Milton gets shot and he's like they got Milton and Bloodsport's like. Milton was with us. Who's Milton? Who's Milton? <laughs> he was with us the entire time. He was part of the team. Yeah. You tell me there was a guy named Milton here, Milton. and I didn't know about it. Yeah, that was, a, was so funny. That was a pretty funny part. And then, um, I love, uh, um. Oh, and Harley did really good in this. I, she she got her own story arc, which is, you know, which is a lot. Middle, but, middle of the movie, yeah. But she, uh, you know, but it's, you know, it's just a, um, it was just really funny that uh, that that happened, you know. It was just like, uh, you know, she already had Birds of Prey, and she already had that whole subplot in the first Suicide Squad movie, but... Hey, you know what? That's all right. That's all right. We'll give her another one. You know, we'll because well, we know that they're never gonna give her like a solo solo film. They're just gonna make the films she's in that just give her a story that's adjacent to her. You know. <laughs> yeah, she actually um, was like a executive producer on Birds of Prey. Like, um, yeah. she's actually really protective of this character. Yeah, about how she's handled and all that. Yeah, um, and. WB doesn't want to lose her because she's kind of like one of the best things they got out of these movies. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but like, I, I love her look, especially in the beginning. Um, oh, yeah. With the black uh, vest. It kind of like calls back to like the animated ho- um, version of her. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But will be like modernized. Um, yeah, she was really good in this movie, especially that. 
big um, escape sequence later on. And, and kind of for the first time, you kind of get the sense that, yeah, this person actually is kind of crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. She's not, like, quirky or... Um, she is quirky, but, you know, like, oh, you look into this, like, oh, parts of this, she actually is, like, deranged, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the way the character is supposed to be. Like, just the just the way that she is and the <laughs> the bit where she kills the dude... And she goes on that little rant, you know, explaining, you know, her damage and, and everything like that. It's like, okay, you know, that makes, that makes total sense, like, why she would react that way. And everything we've seen of her is, is a total, uh, total indicator of, of her coming to that conclusion and, and things like that. So, you know, it was like, oh, it's really cathartic to see her, um, you know, come around like this and, and finally have a moment where she... She has the full, uh, full feeling of closure, you know, that she, that she, you know, needs, you know, on those kinds of things. So it's really cool that they gave her that opportunity to grow like that and visibly through storytelling, make her not go into making the same mistakes again. You know, it's kind of weird how she kind of had a three movie story arc. Yeah. She uh, was only kind of the main character in one of them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Bunch of crazy, uh, bunch of crazy yeah. stuff. <laughs> what? What about a uh, rat catcher too? Oh gosh, she is the. She, you know, I'd seen a lot of people saying that she steals the show with just being the heart of the team, and she absolutely is. Like she is absolutely the glue that holds that team together, and like, uh, she's such a precious being. And like, you know, with, with the, uh, the danger that was present throughout all of, uh, uh, of the film, he, uh, pretty much, or she, I'm sorry, she, she pretty much like, you didn't want to see anything bad happen to her, you know, like, because people could die, you know. We were at the we were at the end, ending stretch of the movie, and and like you know, Rick Flag had just died, and here's Peacemaker about to shoot her in the face, and, and we're like, oh no, no! <laughs> and then finally, you know, the what happens happens, but you know, the, the movie's stakes being as high as it is, with the characters being as dispensable as they are, you know, I genuinely. Would have been actually upset if anything bad happened to her. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of the start when King Shark was about to eat her. Yeah. I thought, oh, she was just another one of those quote unquote like joke characters. Because, like, yeah. what good would controlling rats do? Yeah, exactly. Um, it turns out, ter- turns out a lot, I guess. But yeah, she's yeah. This, just this little adorable, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> person who's like always, always sleepy and. Mm-hmm. Has a little pet rat, and his dad, her dad, was a Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah, her dad being Taika Waititi is amazing. I also love that it plays into the dynamic with uh, with Bloodsport, in that he he's utterly disgusted and repulsed by rats, but but he ends up uh, he ends up uh, really uh, appreciating her, and then eventually gets around to petting Sebastian, and it's. Just, Oh, uh, it's just, it's so cute. It's so cute. I remember um, a little while ago, we were watching um, one of the Indiana Jones movies with my with my parents, and um, I think it was uh, The Last Crusade, where uh, there, there's a bunch of rats, and my mom was like, oh, I hate rats, they're disgusting. And um, I started to say something like, you know, like, rats really aren't bad, it's just that they've been associated with disease and uh, trash and filth for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, they're actually, like, no worse than mice are. Yeah. But um, the minute I said a rat, she was like, no, no, don't say anything. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, in a lot of ways, that's, tr- that's true. By the end of the movie, when she says something like, uh, or, or when his, his dad told her, um, if, like, the least of, like, the most lease of animals can make a difference or something, then there's hope for everyone or something like that. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the point of, kind of the point of the movie that all these, uh, all these like characters, 
like can really make a difference um, if they're just showing a little love. You know, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just, it's man, she's just such a good character. I'm really glad she made it to the end, and and that she was one of the the reasons why they won. And I absolutely loved that uh, it was because of her that that uh, they ended up defeating the. The not a sky beam at the end of the movie. So, yeah, but it was a, a one more character before we move on to that. Um, King Shark. Oh, yeah, King Shark, King Shark and a half, man. Um, uh, I loved him, I was <laughs> so dopey. And, like, you know, what's funny is, um, so a lot of people that I'd spoken to about the movie, they were like, We didn't, I didn't like how they handled King Shark, and it's like. He's so dumb, and uh, you know that's not how he is. But I'm like, no, 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 because let me let me let you know something. Of any comic book character that I've ever seen, um, he suffers from the most severe case of depending on the writer I've ever seen in any comic book character ever. Um, some iterations of him have him just being a mute shark man who eats people. Um, other iterations have him being really smart, being a shark man that sometimes eats people. Other iterations where he he looks more human than shark. Other times he's a hammerhead shark. Other times he's a, he doesn't have consistency. And like I think yeah, I mean, the only only thing about him that is he's like really yeah yeah he's like really good in that um, Harley Quinn uh, cartoon show yeah yeah he's like he's only... like one of the best characters um, <laughs> and, but he is you know portrayed very differently yes absolutely and but the thing is is that that's the only consistent thing about King Shark is that there's always inconsistency for him and so I was like no that's no, he's he's this King Shark is a different King Shark. Don't worry about it. And so, um, so yeah, but having Sylvester Stallone voicing him and being you know as funny as he is was so good. <laughs> yeah, and, and like mm-hmm. he's funny even though he doesn't say much. He only says like one word sentences, pretty much. Yep. A disguise? Oh, you're going to go in disguise? See? <laughs> Fake mustache. Fake mustache. <laughs> I loved when he had his finger up to his nose. And they're like, we still know it's you. And he's like, ah! And he, he cusses real loud. It's, his only, it's his, the only time he cusses in the entire movie. And it's just this, from the bottom of his stomach... The biggest f bomb I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> it was so funny. I just oh, hilarious. It's uh, yeah. And, and so, like, in that scene where he almost eats um, Ratcatcher, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like, would you eat your friend? It's like a, would you eat your friends? He's like, no. Well, maybe no. I can be your friend. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay. Like, I have a new, fr- I have a new friend. Yeah, and then <laughs> that new bit. dumb friends, <laughs> new dumb friends. And then they, when they get out, they're out of the water, and they, you know, you have to wonder like what their their mouths were made of, like to bite him like that, because because uh, in um, he's like in, bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, he is he is bulletproof and uh he's extremely durable. Um the only time we ever see him bleed in the whole movie is when those things bite him. So so that and, was and a then, betrayal when those little uh, when those, right? little, those cute little, little things. Fish things. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, "No, you're you're his friends now. Don't eat him." Yeah. It's not right. You jerks. <laughs> yeah, but um He's not a huge part of the movie, but, like, you can tell that, like, except for maybe Ratcatcher, no one really likes him. Um, And you kind of see that in his, how he's, like, just wanders off by himself. It's, like, it's just kind of sad. Yeah, he's a... Like, he's he's a simple, he's a simple creature, but he, like, he gets that, like, 
he doesn't have any friends and he's lonely. Yeah. Well, I also love it when he he's when he's introduced. <laughs> it's upside down. Uh, yeah. it's just, man, that just the whole the whole stinking movie was just so much fun. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it and uh and I'll, there's really not I'll a lot to say about me. like the the plot plot because that's just kind of standard. Yeah, but, it um, is. you find out that you find out that uh the Americans are using this uh, nation as a cover to hide a like an alien starfish, um, mm-hmm. and something I never knew existed. But Starro, the the conqueror, I think is yep, his name. That's Starro, which was. Revealed in the trailer, the first trailer. I wish they kept that a secret. Mm -hmm. So I think that would have been a riot to like find that out in the movie. Um, but yeah, they went for it. He's a giant wobbly armed starfish. Yep, and he's big. uh, That's like twenty stories tall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Uh, yeah, they did a pretty good job of like. The little like uh, symbiote things that attach people's faces and sucks yeah. their mind out. Like I thought that w- was pretty good. Yep, and um, like I, I'll always appreciate when uh, when things like come in and will explain something that will uh, that will uh, basically alleviate the. Uh, the responsibility of the of the heroes when it comes to dealing with the uh, the the people who have been mind controlled slash killed by Starro because that's what they're saying is that there uh, there's corpses behind that uh, behind those starfishes that you know is basically running around in a dead body now so yeah that, that's one more benefit to an R rating um, which I know PG thirteen movies like kill people. Yeah, yeah. Um, kill. Even, like, the first Suicide Squad, like, technically the little, the monsters were, like, former people. But, um, you know, you felt, like, the tragedy behind it, because, like, you could still see, like, oh, yeah, these things were, they're basically, like, zombies. Like, these things were living a few minutes ago. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it's pretty... "Quote unquote standard, like after packed ending." Yep. Man. Uh, but glad no sky laser though. Yeah, glad there was no sky laser. laser. Yeah, no sky laser. Um, the twist with uh, with uh, Peacemaker being, you know, having his own, um, having his own uh, uh, objective, you know, alongside the uh, uh, their main objective to make sure that. Uh, um, everything was being taken care of the way that they needed to be taken care of that, uh, you know, Waller was going to make sure that nobody was, uh, or not nobody, but that, you know, the involvement to the U S government wouldn't ever be found out, um, about, about it and everything like that. And like, yeah, and I believe in like, they, uh, set up the characters in the world well enough when that like twist happened. To me, it was like, oh, look at that. We have stakes now. <laughs> and it, it kind of means something because I care about these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they did a good job with that. Even though, like, kind of the first movie was kind of like that, too, where it's like, oh, the government did something bad. And they're trying to cover it up. Um, this one it's handled a, a lot a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole thing is a whole lot less... Uh, frustrating and weird to deal with, but um, they did a much better, you know, it's a much better job and everything like that. And uh, but anyway, um, but it was it was just such a good like in line thing with what they were working on, or at least uh, what they were doing to uh, to make the story cohesive and not a mess like the original one was you know i um i just it's just so good you know just so good and i 
I was entertained throughout. I like I, I know that there were some lulls in the story, but like again, it just kind of serviced the plot. So I, I really, you know, I, I couldn't be mad about anything like at all. Yeah, like I do think there were some parts that slowed down, like like the Harley part. Um, you know, was kind of one of those parts, but it's always just fun to see. Yeah, 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 for like, sure. Oh, Harley Quinn do stuff. Um, but I think it's. Definitely one of the best DC films. Yeah. Like, no questions asked. Yeah, I agree. I um, agree. Since there's only, like, three or four good ones, really. Yeah, there's not a lot. Which but are, any- uh... Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh... Aquaman, uh, Shazam, The Suicide Squad, and, like, Birds of Prey. First Wonder Woman was great. Wait, what's the first Wonder Woman? I keep forgetting that's like part of the. I know what it is. Like, do you ever end up seeing Wonder Woman uh, eighty four? Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I think the because that movie's really bad. Uh, that kind of like made me forget that the first Wonder Woman was actually like actually Great. really good. Yeah, yeah, that was a good watch. Yeah, it's so weird how to put that in there too. Weird how that happens. It's one of those cases, too, where we thought, like, oh, just give Patty Jenkins, like, more control. And I bet she made an awesome Wonder Woman movie, and I don't know how much of it is her or, like, the script writers, but, like, it wasn't good at all. It was really disappointing. Anyway. Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Good. Yeah, the Suicide Squad is great. Um... I I thoroughly and, enjoyed it throughout. And James Gunn was involved with the Peacemaker TV show, and he said he's coming back for another uh, DC movie at some point. So well, good because you know the the thing is is that like um, I I really want these these things to go back to the creatives. You know, I I really hate it when. Um, when companies just decide, oh, let's milk this for all it's worth, and then uh, try catching lightning in a bottle over and over and over again. When in reality, what it is is that constantly making fresh and creative new things that will entertain people and you know help people have a good time. Um, it it's important, you know, and I don't I don't know why. Um. I don't know why they'll... Well, I kind of know why. I mean, Michael Bay's Transformers franchise um, is, you know, kind of a an indicator for this, or a, um, that, that there is a, a precedent of how, how a... Um, how a franchise can be run directly into the dirt, um, and why... Uh, why well, they'll keep doing it, but then we'll run into situations where you know a potentially good idea comes out, and then suddenly, um, a train wreck happens because they continue to ram it into the ground because of you know executive oversight or executive meddling, and it's always the worst. So, yeah, this uh DC EU franchise has course corrected like three or four times. Yep. Over the existence, like first they wanted like Man of Steel to be like, okay, this needs to be like Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And I still like Man of Steel, but like it needs to be dark and brooding and more grounded and all that stuff. And they continued on with that until you know, Batman versus Superman was like, oh, this isn't working. And like I said, even though I kind of like Zack Snyder's um, Justice League, uh, that was more in that direction, and like like, like a, a joyless experience, you know. Um, not 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 like joyless, like it has no heart or whatever. But it was just like you know more of the dark, brooding superhero stuff. So they did, they tried to course correct that with like Suicide Squad being all at least in the in the. Okay, we need to make it more like Guardians of, of the Galaxy. So let's add music to it. Let's add bright colors to the trailer, and then that movie becomes a mess. And then they start messing with. Um, Justice League, and then they, you know, movies like like Shazam and Aquaman end up 
pretty good because by that point, you know, they're just letting the directors kind of do their thing. Yeah, exactly. And even though Wonder Woman 2 was kind of a, a blah, um, you know, it is bright, it is colorful, it is comic booky. It's not like dark and dreary, at least, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. You're right. And, like, I, I feel like when, when the, um, what is it? When the, uh, when the zeitgeist decides to move over to uh, something else entirely, where there's a big old shift in what's popular and what's not. Like, remember in gaming when EA made the head-ass remarks, like, saying, uh, oh, nobody wants single-player experiences, and you now some of the best-selling games in the past couple of years have been single-player experiences? It's like... And there was surprise when that Star Wars game, like, sold, yeah. like, bajillion copies. It was a single-player game. game. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like they don't they don't expect that, you know. They don't they don't think that that's a, a thing that can happen, but then when it does, they're like, "Oh shit, we have to make everything um everything fit into this mold." Um It's like that yeah. um Avengers game. Yeah. Uh which I haven't played, which I heard has a decent story mode, but it's just littered with um like a what's what's the term? Um uh well, it's it's one of those uh, service games, you know, where you have yeah, loot boxes live, and a live service game, yeah, 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 live service game. When it really doesn't have to be, and I wonder if that Guardians of the Galaxy game was going to be going to be a uh, similar because it kind of has a similar setup where you have like multiple characters and on the screen yep. at the same time. And I wonder, I wonder at what point they went, oh, um, we kind of miss miss the boat on this live service thing. Everyone hates it now. Yep, exactly. Um, we should we should strip that stuff out of Guardians of the Galaxy because yeah. no one likes it in Avengers, no you know. Yeah, no one will no one will play it. No one will pay money for this. You know, they won't. You know, people won't shill like they used to. These kinds of things. And no, yeah, yeah, when I, yeah like my what I thought the Avengers game was going to be. It's like oh, it's going to be like those Tomb Raider games, like a nice solid 15, 20 hour. You know, singular player experience. It's going to be a lot of fun, but it turns out, oh no! Once you beat the game, you got to grind Miss mm-hmm. Marvel points so you can get her item level high enough mm-hmm. so you can do more of the missions. It's like, oh, no, that's actually not not what I what I want to do. <laughs> um, yeah, and how like Dead Space had microtransactions, and then eventually, what started out as like this horror game. Um. Yeah, people people follow trends, and sometimes the right game or movie hits at the right time, where it catches on. But then everyone tries to catch up, and a lot of them are uh, kind of left behind. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I think yeah. Marvel just hit that sweet spot where it's like, hey, people like fun movies with memorable characters that have a message of positivity about them. <laughs> That's yeah, just kind of universal, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like with the Suicide Squad, it's just a fun thing. You know, it's just a it's just a fun movie to watch. And I, I, I had fun watching it. Um there's a shocking amount of heart in it. It's you know, I, I love it. Yeah. Do you think they can make another one, or is the premise kind of worn out by this point? Uh, by having a, a lovable a lovable group of rogues working together. Well, I mean, like a Suicide Squad 3, where it's like, you better do as I say, or else I'll blow your brains out. But eventually, you know, they don't get their brains blown out because they discover that they're actually up to no good. You know, um, do you think, like, there could be another movie of that and still seem fresh? Yeah, um, realistically speaking... I, I feel like it would take it would require finagling, you know, obviously there there would have to be some some compromises made um to to keep it entertaining and not feel like we're just doing the same thing over and over again. And so yeah. it would it would have it would have to take some doing, in my opinion, to uh to move past, you know, what's already been successful and what's already uh what's already fun. Um, and not just to say that, you know, I'm going to accuse them preemptively of, of being derivative or anything like that, but it's still, it was still would help a lot. 
if they still had good good ideas that are just fun and um and re- relatable and so if they tap into another part that feels relatable and that goes into uh, making the the film still feel fresh and exciting just like these ones are i don't think there's going to be a problem mm-hmm. but that's just that's just um, me being hopeful <laughs> i mean it might be good to bring up too um kind of the disappointing uh opening box office oh yeah but there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot a of, of asterisks still yeah um you know still in a resurging pandemic now we're hitting another another wave because everyone's opening up again mm-hmm. um it will, luckily it's, it's not just everyone luckily opening it's up uh yeah yeah i mean like luckily it's uh you know even though we live in a country where not everyone's vaccinated a lot of people are thank goodness so like a, a lot of these cases are like you know not as bad as they were a year ago at least yeah um but also like our rating has something to do with it yeah Absolutely. Um, people and people, some casual moviegoers may have a bad taste in their mouth from the last movie, and they may just think it's another one of those, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, that absolutely. might have kept people away. Um, and they, so, yeah, movies are still in a weird place. Yeah, they are. And it's it's also the extremely similar name, you know, is, is also probably um, a detractor as well, because unfortunately, you know, it's it's like the well, Wii U syndrome too. You know, you know. Yeah, it's I guess like, like I mean, I I like the name because it's almost a a joke, you know. Um, but I wonder how many people thought this was the same movie being re-released. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like after seeing the movie, I think it should have been called like the Suicide Squad, the B Team. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's a good move. But then people would have thought, like, well, who cares about the B team? Yeah. Like, well, I care a lot about the B team. Thank you very much. B team gets things done, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes, yeah, so we'll see how. You know, movies are going to be in a weird spot for months and months and months. But like, in a few weeks, um, Shang Chi is going to be theaters only, at least at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder, uh, wonder how that will do. Yeah, it's gonna get shunted. Same with, uh, um, same with like what happened with, uh, what is it? The uh, uh, basically what all happened with uh, Black Widow, which is you know, not a very, not a very fun. Yeah, fun I, I think Shang Chi is gonna uh, have kind of a disappointing number. And people are gonna, <laughs> all the headlines are gonna react to that. Um, but I think, I think movie studios kind of know. It's like, yeah, we just gotta release these things, put them on digital early. People are probably gonna watch it at home more. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they have to keep the the movie theaters some sort of revenue going into them. But um. Enough depressing stuff. I look forward to watching the Suicide Squad again and having a good time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same with me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, and uh, you know, one of these days we'll uh, we'll look back on this and this whole situation, and you go, "This is where it all began." This is just. You know, it was just the beginning. You know what's funny is that I, I, uh, I, hey, unfortunate newsflash. Uh, I lost my job in July, which was, you know, I worked in a clinical diagnostics lab. And now that this new wave is coming through again, I'm like, I'm like, wow, I somehow managed to dodge a bullet. <laughs> so I'm not working in the, uh, I'm not working in the, uh, uh, medical industry right now. So I'm like, oh, we'll figure it out. Anyway, that that probably wasn't fun, a fun experience. Ah, uh, it's not. But you know, things happen for a reason, and I'll get through it. I'll survive. Well, well, I mean, I, always I mean yeah, it's bad that you lost your job. But just working, 
during the pandemic. Oh, like the, a... oh yeah, when it was at the worst of it last year. Oh yeah, it was. I was, I was basically dead every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, even though you weren't like, um, you know, like just well, I don't want to go into all that stuff. It's too depressing, but you know, you you did your part during all of it. Um, yep, <laughs> and. Thank you for all that. And uh, yeah, yeah, so we enjoyed we enjoyed the Suicide Squad. Um, you if you're hesitant about seeing it, don't be because it's uh because the first one was bad. Uh, this one's good. Yep. Yep. You it's don't really it. have to. You don't really have to. You, and if you didn't, never saw the first one, you could probably see this one and be be okay with uh, knowing what's going on. Yeah, because really, like it's it's a totally self contained story. Like you don't even need to watch Birds of Prey to watch it either, you know. It's it's mm. just uh, it's still good. It's all good. <laughs> and um, all right, thanks, Randy. Oh, you bet. Anytime you need me to come in and ambush your uh, podcast is a good time to me. <laughs> yep. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>